few, few housekeeping items. Please turn off your cell phones if you have not already done so. The restrooms are located back on that wall or on either side of the drinking fountain over there. And before you leave this evening, you may want to check out some of the items over on these three tables here that we have free for the taking. We have copies of two books. One is Rediscovering Catholicism, and the other is The Imitation of Christ. And there are some others over there, too. Please feel free to help yourself to those. We also have some copies of The Word Among Us, their Lenten uh, booklet, which contains daily scripture readings for, the, for Lent and some meditations and articles. We also have a brochure called Opportunities for Spiritual Growth. Uh, this was done for our parish, but the information is not parish-specific. So there are ideas for things that you can do at home, or at church, or in the community, or Lent, or any other time. It contains the schedule for the deanery uh, communal penance services, and also an insert with the mass times for all the parishes in the Cedar Rapids area. It also contains a list of books that you may be interested in, and a couple of special offerings of St. Matthew's, which we would welcome all of you to. One is on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. in the Rosary Room, which is right up these stairs here. Uh, we are showing the outstanding video series, Catholicism, by Father Robert Barron. Uh, it's free and everyone is welcome. And we also have free child care available over in our Early Childhood Center. Tomorrow night we are showing episode five and it's entitled, The Indispensable Men, Peter, Paul, and the Missionary Adventure. All the episodes can stand alone, so come when you can. And there's a handout on the table over there that um, lists the episodes and the dates they're being shown. So feel free to join us for those. A second offering is our Sunday afternoon movies, and we're showing some documentaries and also some feature films and those are listed in the brochure as well. This month we are showing a documentary on Bishop Fulton Sheen and showing several of his old television shows, Life is Worth Living. But we'd love to have you join us for any of our activities. So there are a number of other resources there at the table too, so please check them out sometime this evening. One more item, please make a note of the next Catholic Evangelization Outreach Meeting which will be held March 21st at St. Francis The overall schedule for this evening is the witness talk, followed by the blessing before the meal, and then we will eat. After we say grace, please remain at your tables until asked by one of the team members to get in line. That will save some standing around for you. Since this is the 175th anniversary of the Archdiocese of Dubuque, we will use the official anniversary prayer, Jesus Alive, to be given to you. So this is found on the back of the brochure that you were given, and it's in the little box at the top. So please join me as we pray. Loving God, we call this each by name. Right there. 
through this talk, repeat that. And after tonight, keep praying for me. Um, I don't want to be let down in a, in a hard way. So give, me, give me a couple days if you would. I appreciate it. <laughs> the title of my talk tonight is, Do We Take God and Our Relationship with God Seriously? Tough question. Jesus says, if a man wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow my steps. We all have a faith story, and we need to share it. The world is hungry for it. I'd like to begin this evening with a quote from John Paul II entitled, The World Needs Your Testimony. The world today needs your love for Christ. It needs public testimony of the religious life. As Pope Paul VI once said, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it's because they are witnesses. If the non-believers of this world are to come to believe in Jesus Christ, they need your faithful witness testimony that springs from your complete trust in the generous mercy of the Father and your enduring faith in the power of the cross and resurrection. Your public witness is part of your contribution to the mission of the church. St. Paul says you are a letter from Christ, written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. I want to share with you tonight my faith journey. It's, uh, it's been a challenge for me 
to, to squeeze this into a 20 to 30 minute talk. It, it's my faith journey uh, is more than that, but I'm going to do the best I can. I, uh, I started to put this on paper, I've been, been praying about it uh, for, for, for quite a while, and, and when I started to put it on paper, I timed it, and it was about two hours. <laughs> so I don't think we have two hours this evening. But what I what I did is I thought, well, there's, there has to be a way. I, I'm not sure if I could, you know, leave anything out of my faith, faith story. So I googled it, and it came up with speed reading. <laughs> so listen up. <laughs> No, I wouldn't do that. I would do my best, though, to, to share share my life, my life experiences that uh, many times I've seen the face of God. These by, by no means are the only ones. There's been a number of different experiences, but these are the ones that, that I've recalled over the last couple, two to three months, thinking back on my life. And we don't often look back very long. We're always looking forward. We're going forward, we're moving at a hundred mile an hour or better. So this, this did allow me to really look back and see the God moments in my life and, and to put them on paper. I'm not a writer by any means, but I, I felt like I, I really wanted to get it on paper as much as I could and then share it. So please know that I'm not a saint. Last I looked, at least I didn't have a halo. Now after this talk, all the time I've spent in it and everything, you know, maybe not. <laughs> Just kidding. Our thoughts determine our actions. Our thoughts determine our actions. Do you see yourself becoming a saint? Do we, do we think the saints were born saints? Of course they are. Don't sell yourself short. I used to work for my father back when I was 20 years old, and I, uh, I did sales, door-to-door -door sales. My, my father was a sales manager, and, and he, used to, uh, he used to ask me every time I'd come into work, and I had a few other guys I'd be working with, and he'd say, well, where are you working at today? Where are you going to canvas door-to-door? -door? And of course, you know, as a 20-year-old, I'd say, uh, and, you know, day after day, he would say, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there? If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know? You know, as I look back at that, that was so powerful. And at the time, you know, I just, it didn't make much sense. But looking back, you know, we do have to have goals. We have to know the direction that we're going. What is your vision of being a saint? Do we know what the saints had? They had true peace and true joy, which only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are we at peace with our lives? Do we even slow down to ask? I truly believe that we are all called to holiness. Our church teaches that. Holy Scripture teaches that. It's in our DNA. God made us that way. What is holiness? Holiness is the perfection of charity. 
giving of ourselves to others, listening to God in prayer. That's why St. Augustine said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. My favorite, favorite words of wisdom. My family, uh, when I was growing up, lived in, in DeWitt, a small town east of here. And we lived about a block and a half away from St. Joseph's Parish. And looking back, I remember uh, serving Mass at that time. I, my older brother, Denny, was uh, five years older than I. And I remember the, the detail and the work and the discipline that went into being an altar server at that time. Uh, needing to learn all the, the Latin and so forth. And um, I really liked that. I, I really uh, I, I felt such a sense of pride, especially being up there with my older brother and being we were about a block and a half away from, from church and the, the mass was at 6.30 in the morning so we were kind of pretty much on call most of the time. We spent a lot of our, our mornings at mass and uh, I, I cherish those days. I remember uh, going to mass, to Sunday mass with my family. Um, I don't ever remember a Sunday that we didn't go to mass. It was just, it was what we did. Remember, after Mass, we'd, we'd always go over to my grandparents and spend the whole day hanging out with family. Grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins. <coughs> Sundays were different back then. Everything in town was closed. Even the grocery stores were closed. How things have changed. I remember growing up as a teenager in the late 60s, early 70s, and I was a lot like other teens at the time. I spent a lot of time doing things that I wasn't supposed to do, things I'm not very proud of today. But I know that God was watching over me at those times. God appointed me a very devoted guardian angel to help protect me. My angels certainly worked a lot of overtime. Amazing. I do acknowledge my guardian angel every morning before I get out of bed and ask him to, to be with me to help me. I remember living in Davenport in my early 20s uh, up to about 20, age 24, and I remember just uh, drifting along. I just didn't seem to really have any purpose in my life. And I was having a lot of fun, but I just didn't have any much purpose. And I remember uh, just feeling an emptiness, and I thought, you know, maybe I need to go to church and pray. So I went downtown to St. Anthony's, which is a beautiful old stone church, and I used to spend some time in the afternoon and just, just kind of hang out and, and pray for guidance. I felt like I needed some type of purpose in my life. Not real sure how long I did that, certainly a few months, but I remember receiving a call from my, my cousin Jim uh, from Cedar Rapids here, and, and he, uh, he asked me if I wanted to, uh, to come up to school in Cedar Rapids and go to horticulture school. I said, sure. What's horticulture? <laughs> I wasn't even sure what I was. I started school and I loved it. I, 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 uh, I felt I had purpose. I, uh, I really loved plant material. It was at Kirkwood that I met uh, my sweetheart, Teresa. She doesn't like me calling her sweetheart, but I'm going to call her sweetheart. God certainly was answering my prayers and quickly. Uh, Teresa and I were married about two years later. After 
about seven years of marriage, Teresa and I were, were starting to have marriage problems. Our marriage just wasn't working out very well. We were struggling. We had drifted away from each other. As I look back at it, I think about self kept coming up, about me. You know, when you get married, you have to give up about 50% of self. And self wasn't very happy about that. And then I had two children, Edmanda and, and Nathan, and there, uh, there we go. <coughs> More self taken away. And that, I think, really led to our, our marriage situation, to put it in a situation that was not good. As I look back at it, I realize how selfish I was and how uh, how I just wasn't there for my family like I should be. Well, God reached down to, to Teresa and I, and, and we made a CEW weekend, a Christian Experience weekend. I know there's been a few people that just came off some weekends. And, uh, great weekends. We, uh, we, we may be the only one that ever read it in a bulletin and it went, we did. <laughs> I remember at the beginning of, of the, the retreat, they, uh, they asked everyone to stand in the, in the conference room and, and go around and introduce yourselves and tell them what parish you're from. And, and had a question, I don't know what the question was. But I remember, I, I don't know if I could do that. I really did. I was scared. I just didn't know what to do. I did get up, I gave my name to my parish, and I quickly sat down. It was at that weekend that I met one of my best friends, Ron, who's here tonight. He and I had started doing Bible studies together and, and continues to do that uh, today. We meet on Wednesday mornings at 6.30. We have breakfast and have, have uh, share, share, uh, share the, word, the Holy Word. And we now have a new... Remember, after all these years that Ron and I have been meeting, we now have Kevin with us. Kevin's here as well. The following Sunday, after my CEW, uh, Teresa and I were uh, belonged to St. Patrick's at the time, and we were at 9.30 Mass. I was there physically. I wasn't there really very emotionally or spiritually. I was there. And after Mass, I was on my way out, and a, a fellow by the name of John, was, was uh, playing music at that Mass. And as I was walking by, he, he hollered at me. He said, hey, Gary, emotional for you to come over. And I, and I did. And he said, uh, I, I, I see you were at, or hear that you were at a CW. How how things go? I said, fine. I had a good, good experience. And John said, uh, that's, that's great. He said, my, uh, my wife Judy and I have a prayer group meeting in our home Sunday night. Would you like to join us? My mind, self, was saying, me, prayer group meeting in someone's home, are you serious? The Holy Spirit moved me and I said, yeah, I'll come. I can hardly believe what I said. John said, be sure to bring your Bible. What I realize now, looking back, is that God had anointed me at that CDW with a burning heart to get to know Him. I wasn't so much aware of it at the time, but as I look back, now I'm so thankful for that. 
I remember going back home and, and asking Teresa, uh, or telling Teresa, rather, that uh, I was going to be going to prayer group meetings at, at John and Judy's, and, and she looked at me with like, what? I asked her if we had a Bible. <laughs> she said, "She said, yeah, look in the in the front closet." So, so I did. I have to show you this. <laughs> yeah, we had a Bible. All right. This thing weighs about seventy pounds. <laughs> No way I'm bringing that to a <laughs> I did go to that meeting and continued to, to go for quite a while. A few months went by and that 9.30 Mass at St. Patrick's again and with family and on the way out, this guy John called me over again. He said, hey Gary, I, I understand you play guitar. How would you like to join our contemporary group? Self says, oh, this, yeah. <laughs> Me? You kidding? Up in front of the congregation playing music? The Holy Spirit spoke through me again. You know what I said. <laughs> yeah, I'll join you. I can hardly believe what I had just said. Those two experiences were my introduction to evangelization. It was them reaching out to me. Evangelization is a one-on-one -on -one ministry. One-on-one. <clears throat> -on -one. I'm so grateful to John and Judy, to Joe and Barb and Alma is here. <coughs> they reached out to me. They invited me to a deeper faith. They, in so many ways, I know helped me, rescued me from the shallow faith that I was living. I'm totally convinced that they hadn't reached out to me. I know I would have fallen right back into the complacent faith that I was living. It scares me to even think about it. Where my life might be today without them. Thank you, Judy. A few years after my CW in prayer group meetings and Bible studies, Teresa and I heard about a weekend, a Catholic uh, conference in Omaha. <coughs> Teresa and I driving all the way to Omaha for a conference. Amazing. It was at that weekend that I had a very close encounter with Christ. We arrived on a Friday night. On Saturday, mid-morning, we heard a talk from a woman that was talking about the sufferings that Christ endured during his passion. I was so moved that I wanted to be alone and pray. I knew that they were having exposition of the Blessed Sacrament in a, in a room off the conference area, and so I decided that that would be a good, quiet place to pray. I knelt in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and I started to meditate on the five precious wounds of Jesus. And I, I just broke down. I just, I felt, I felt, I was so convicted of my sinfulness. I just kept meditating on what Jesus, what Jesus did for me. I'm not sure how long I stayed there in the Adoration Chapel, but from there I knew that there was 
confessional just right next in the next room. So I went over, I went to confession. I went to confession like I'd never done that before. I confessed my sins and then the priest put his hands on my head and said, your, your sins are forgiven. For my penance, the priest said, I would like for you to meditate on the five precious wounds of Jesus. That's what I thought. Amazing. I was kind of in awe. That evening there was a healing mass and about halfway through mass they had asked people to come up and have people pray with them. And Teresa and I came up and, and there were several uh, people in, in, uh, in the aisles and so forth and when it was my turn to come up I, the, 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 the woman asked me what she'd like for me to pray for. And I said I, I just would like to have a sense of holiness. I, I, I really want to, to be a servant. She said some prayers for just a couple couple minutes. And then she closed with, with this prayer. She said, I would like for you to meditate on the five precious moments of Jesus. I was getting it. <laughs> the next morning, as you might imagine, I, I was I was very touched. I, I had uh, I started to encounter something I hadn't encountered before, and I was hungry to learn more. So I went down the first thing in the morning in the uh, in the hallways. There were book vendors selling uh, lots of different books and so forth, and and I I remember going there, and they weren't even open, but I was I was just ready to get a book, and I knew what book I needed to get. You might imagine what it was. I uh, and, and there was a vendor that, that uh, he was kind of getting things ready for the day, and I asked him, I called him over, and I said, uh, do you have any books on the, the, the five precious wounds of Jesus? And he didn't say a word. He turned, and he went way at the end of his, his tables, and he grabbed and brought back the glorious passion of Christ. Sister Catherine Amory. That's the book that movie The Passion was, was written from. Jose Maria Escriva has written that there are four stages to identify ourselves with Christ. We must first seek Him. Then we have to find Him. Then get to know Him. And then finally, to love Him. I was seeking and I was finding That next week when I got back to Cedar Rapids, I decided I wanted to, to start going to daily Mass here at, uh, at St. Matthew's, and so I did. And I went for about two and a half months. I'm in the landscape nursery business, so winters are slow, and I was able to, to go to 8 o'clock Mass. Then spring started to roll around, and I realized I was not going to be able to go to 8 o'clock Mass. And I, uh, I went, went ahead and went back to work and spent about a week, maybe a little over a week, and, I, I, and all of a sudden I realized I just felt this emptiness. I was a little slow, I didn't know for sure why I felt that, and the more I started to think about it and pray about it, I realized I, I hadn't been going to the Mass, I haven't been receiving the Eucharist. 
Not too long after that, um, I had an experience that I saw the face of God, and it was through my son, Nate. <coughs> Teresa and I were, were getting the kids ready for, for 10.30 Mass here on a Sunday morning, and my job was to get Nate ready, which was too bad. My son, Nate, and his ear with us. Um, and Teresa would take care of getting Mandy ready, and I remember, you know, we were just scurrying to get everything ready and get to church on time. And I was I was ready, and I kind of hollered at Nate, and I said, "Hey, Nate, are you ready to go? Let's go!" And, and no, Nate. And here the TV was on, and so I went in, and and here Nate was watching a program. I'm not sure if. People know about it. It's called Feed the Children. It's on usually on Sunday mornings. And he was watching this program. And he was trying to call the number that they were requesting. If you want to help us, please call. And I sat and watched him for seemed like an eternity. And he just kept banging those numbers. He couldn't get it, but he just kept trying. God convicted me there of how powerful and how much he wants to move us. And he was moving Nate. And when I saw that, it was just such a humbling experience. I just, I'll never forget that to the day I die. My next experience uh, was, was a while past that, probably another year or two. And... The new thing out was uh, the Catholic Catechism. I, I can't tell you what year that was. But there was so much hoopla about it, you know, everyone had to get one, and so I, I got mine. I was real proud of it. I had my catechism. I still have it. So, the night that I received it, I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle this catechism. So, <laughs> so I, I didn't know for sure where to even start. It's like, well, where do you start? So I thought, the Holy Spirit inspired me. He said, why don't you try prayer? See what it says about prayer. Good idea. So I looked up prayer, and the story of the Samaritan woman, where Jesus first asked the Samaritan woman, give me a drink. Jesus makes the initial contact. He makes the request, not just to share his physical thirst, but because his love for us made him thirst for the salvation of all the world. If you knew the gift of God. The wonder of prayer is revealed beside the well where we come seeking water, seeking Jesus. There Jesus comes to meet every human being, every one of us. It is Jesus who first seeks us. I remember at my first CEW in the chapel, the verse was, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you. I've shared with this before with people, and I thought, they for sure got that wrong. You know, I chose to be there. We have a God who thirsts for our love. Prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. God's thirst, God thirsts that we may thirst for him. I never looked at God that way. Love him once you love him. 
I continue to be involved with CEW and have met many of my closest friends at CEW, the many of you are here tonight. About eight years ago, I was the lay director for the weekend. What an awesome experience that was. My son Nathan was able to join me as well, and that truly was a blessing. I remember at that weekend, on a Saturday afternoon, we were walking back from the conference room, and there was a young man that was, was standing in the hallway, and he had his head down and he was crying. And I went up and I asked him, Jim, what's, what's wrong? Why, why are you crying? And, and he, he said, uh, I just can't take it. I can't take it. I was like, I wasn't real sure what he meant. I said, well, what is it that you can't take? And he was crying. He said, I, I just can't take the love. <clears throat> he was experiencing God's love working through the men on that group, on that CW weekend. So we sat and hugged each other and cried for a bit. And... That showed me how God works through all of us and touches people's hearts. That experience helped me to understand how God works through His faithful. We were evangelizers to Him. Another story that comes to mind where God was working through others is the time my younger brother Mark homeless flooded out back in 2008. Remember Mark calling me the, the day before and we went over, we had somewhat warning that it was going to be flooded so we went over and brought everything up out of the, the basement, put it on the main floor and we thought well we're good to go now and, and we we're going to go back the next day and, and try to do a little bit more. Mark called me that next morning, I'm not sure it was, it was early, it must have been probably 6.30 or so, and he said, well, he said, I don't know what to do. He said, the floodwaters have, have come up over, up, they're coming up over the wheels of my car, what should I do? I said, well, get in your car and get out of there. He went and knocked on his neighbor's door, an older gentleman, and, and got him in the car and off he went. We went back. I think it was two days later, and Mark, in, in, in hurrying away, was not able to, to get his cats. And so we thought, we've got to go back and get those cats. And so we went back, and we, we, we were thinking that we'd just wade through the water and we'd get to them. Well, that didn't work. The, the, uh, uh, they wouldn't allow us to do that to begin with. And so we were just kind of didn't know what to do. We went over a couple streets over from Mark, and here there was a young guy that was had a canoe. And he was canoeing back and forth to people's homes, bringing pets back. And we were right towards the tail end, and, and the uh, National Guard said, we really need to, to, to get, get out of the area. And Mark had asked him if he would take him back and, and get his two cats, and, and he did. Now, I remember when the, guy, the young guy came back, I said, you know, can, can I give you some money? He said, no, I'm not doing this for money. I asked him, how long have you been doing this? He said, well, since, since early morning. Wasn't too much longer than that. Another week or so, we were 
cleaning out Mark's home and bringing most everything that he owned out to the curb. And it was on a Saturday, and we were standing out along the curb, and three of his fellow employees came up and said they wanted to give, wanted to help out. Then one of them stepped forward and he said, and we actually, what we'd like to do is we pulled our paid vacation together and we would like to give you, Mark, our six-week paid vacation so you can continue to work on your own. When I just sat there, and Mark both and I just were just uh, in awe. God, God's love working through others. Even in times when difficult times like that, he was still touching people. A couple of years ago at Immaculate Conception, they had a speaker by the name of Matthew Kelly. And my family and I went and, and uh, went to, I think it was three nights or four nights, and one of the things that he said that really spoke to me was, our lives change when our habits change. Our lives change when our habits change. His talk challenged me. He suggested for everyone to spend 10 minutes a day in what he calls the classroom of silence. He said, you can learn more in one hour of silence than you can a year in books. You can learn more in one hour of silence before God than you can, than you can learn a year from books. And he said, I make you two promises. In the silence, you will find God. And in the silence, you will find yourself. My burning heart liked this idea. So I took it into practice. I started coming over on a daily basis to hear to St. Matthews, prayed up in the church in front of the Blessed Sacrament. St. Matthews is open pretty much, not sure, at least 7 o'clock until probably 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock every evening. So I started coming over on a regular basis, and I started with 10 minutes. And which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you come and just put yourself in the presence of, of God in quiet and not say anything, ten minutes seemed to kind of, I kept, you know, this can't be right. <laughs> but the more I practiced that, contemplative prayer, the more I liked it. And the more I, used, the more I started to hear God. started bringing some books along with me. And I have two books that I would highly recommend. Rediscovering Catholicism. There are, I think, 25 of these over on the table. And Imitation of Christ. This book is a must. I read this book every day. I've read it, reread it, reread it. And I will continue to read it. What I do is, when, when, when God speaks to me in both scripture and in, in writings, 
I underline it. And I go back to it. And the reason I do that is that when God speaks to us in, in, in a certain way through Scripture, oftentimes it just makes sense to us. And so I encourage people to do that. So started bringing some other books along and it was becoming it was becoming a good habit for me. It's pretty quiet up above at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. There's not much competition. It's nice and quiet. And I enjoyed that. I was getting to know God better. Matthew Kelly said there would be obstacles to prayer. He said self is not gonna like this. And the world says, you're way too busy. How could you ever find time to do that? We all struggle with self. <clears throat> self says when we get home from a long day, we should kick back on the recliner, get a 12-pack of butt on one side and a 20-pound bag of chips on the other, and get the TV going. <laughs> If a man wishes to come after me, he must deny his very self, take up his cross, and follow in my steps. I truly believe it is the crosses that we carry that allow us to get to know Jesus better. We all have crosses. Many different types of crosses. Many forms of crosses. I was given a cross with my health about nine years ago. I developed a sickness that my body was just uh, in a lot of soreness, for lack of a better word. Um, I was able to experience what a hundred-year-old, per what a hundred-year-old person felt. I know that most of us can't say that, but I, and I can't say that for a fact. But my my stiffness and soreness was was quite overwhelming. But through that process, I was getting to know the suffering. It was about the same time that my parents both passed away. I started to offer my sufferings for my parents. They had prayed for me for so many years. I felt God wanted me to do that. My praying for them gave purpose to my pain. As my mom always used to say, offer it up. I'm sure all of our moms said that, didn't they? <laughs> I'm always thankful when Lent comes around every year. It helps me discipline self. Sounds kind of strange saying that, doesn't it? Unless I give up something, how would that be? Well, I have struggles with self. I'm mostly Irish with an English name. What are most all Irishmen like? You know the old Irish saying, never trust an Irishman who doesn't drink. <laughs> I arm wrestle against self with this. Sometimes self says, hey, it's time for a cold one. And I say, crazy? It's 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to self, I'd be having Guinness for breakfast, Guinness for lunch, Guinness for supper, and then a few more after that. I need to discipline myself. That's what Lent does for us. It helps us focus. Giving up things we hold too tightly to. I really do believe 
we should live in a Lenten attitude all the year long. Give of self all the time. In the imitation of Christ that I read every day has helped me tremendously. I only read two to three pages a day. I try to read deeply and really pray about what I'm reading. When God speaks to me, I underline it, like I said before. Every time that I, I read, I learn new things. One message that really spoke to me was when Jesus said, the inclination and attachment you have for a thing determines the hold it has on your heart. If your love is pure, simple and moderate, you will not be the slave of any earthly pleasure. If we are to follow Christ, our soul has to be free from any attachments. Guinness is one that I have to, to arm wrestle with. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's television. Maybe it's being on a computer. The list goes on and on. I know that I hold on to my Guinness way too tightly. I don't like being a slave to Guinness. One of the ways that helped me fast from drinking is when I offer it up as prayer, as a sacrifice for those that are in need, for my family, for friends. How is everyone doing with their Lenten practice? Pretty sure you know what I've given up for Lent. I tried bargaining with God. I, I told him I'd go on a solid food diet. The only thing I'd need would be liquids. You know what that liquid would be? God didn't think that was such a great idea. Our lives change when our habits change. Recently, I've developed another new habit. Good habit. St. Patrick's Parish has started the Eucharistic Adoration Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. My sister Pam invited me to share an hour with her last fall from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock on Monday evening, late afternoon. And Pam and I share that special time together. Because of my busy schedule, this adoration works well for me. Since last fall, I've been spending pretty much every day at St. Patrick's when I can, and, and I've, I've, I've made it to a point where I long to do that, and I practice it, and I discipline myself to do it. I want to thank Father Ivan for starting Adoration to St. Patrick's, and for all those that volunteer for an hour, so we have the Blessed Sacrament exposed. I'm finally making it to the fourth stage. Seeking God, finding Him, getting to know Him, and to loving Him. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He not only said it once, he said it three times. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He didn't ask Peter if he could build him a, a, a church. He didn't ask Peter to do all these things. 
He just asked Peter, he said, do you love me? <coughs> I'm finally entering into that phase in my life. I've fallen in love with Jesus. I have all the symptoms. I want to tell everyone about him. I want to receive him in the Eucharist daily. I want to be with him in adoration daily. I want to surrender all. He is always on my heart during the day. Jose Maria Escriba calls this love divine craziness. And I know the world thinks that it is craziness. Sometimes I think it's craziness, but I like it. As you can see, I'm not the same man I was back in 1985. My faith now is who I am. It's not something I do on Sunday. Isn't it nice to know the only thing that we need to do in life is to get to know and love God? Pretty simple. Nothing else matters. I pray that my witness talk will challenge you to move closer to Christ. Spend more time in prayer. Ten minutes a day in the quietness before God. I strongly believe that we have to have our prayer closets. We have to have quiet, quiet places. And I, I, I believe they have to be consistent. St. Matthew's works perfectly for me because I'm only a minute away. We need to share our story with, with our friends, with our family. If you don't have one to share, get started. <laughs> I wish I had more time to share my, my stories. I have plenty more stories. I told my wife the other day we were having a meeting for, for this meeting, and I told her that I, was, I did, wasn't going to share about our World Youth Day in Denver with John Paul II. Great experience. My job, my faith in my job. Trips to Italy, particularly to Rome. A service trip to Mexico. My trips to New Mallory Abbey by Dubuque. Many others. I want to share with you a little bit about Evangelization 101. Pretty simple. You smile a lot. We can all do that. Everyone loves a smile. Be happy. Open doors for people. That's the start of evangelization. Evangelization is one-on-one. -on -one. Smile to someone, say hi to someone. Recognize someone, acknowledge someone. I try to do that. And oftentimes we get a smile back, and the next thing you know, you might strike up a conversation and be available to God if He wants to put someone in your life. Next month, on March 21st, we will have our next outreach meeting. I will encourage everyone to come to that meeting to bring a friend. This outreach ministry 
is designed as a one-on-one -on -one experience. We all know people that need help, that need Christ in their lives. That's what this, this ministry is involved, why we get ourselves involved. So next March 21st, please invite people to our next meeting. Put yourself in a position where you're available when, when someone asks you, why are you so happy? Why do, you, why do you have such a joy in your life? We all are called to be saints. We're all called to holiness. At this time, I'd like for everyone to share at their table a question. That question is, do you see yourself on your way to saints? How can we get there? Take a few moments to share.